Well, welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. Uh, we have an afternoon edition here today um, with my co-host, Mike. And we'll be covering two articles today that are pretty relevant. Um, one is related to just generally the Q1 uh, venture capital activity. It, it looks like Q122 it may, may outpace 2021. And that would be pretty impressive given the, uh, the amount of venture capital that, that came in to 2021. Um, and then we'll talk about Meta's Reality Lab. Uh, and the loss they posted. So actually, we'll get started with the Meta article. Um, that was my article. And one one thing that uh, I think all of us have recognized recently is Facebook is really trying to uh, integrate themselves into this Web3 culture. Um, I think they understand that, you know, there is this movement by a lot of people to kind of, you know, join this Web3 movement, this decentralized movement, but um, they're doing it in their own way, as as you'd expect. So they're developing their own platform. Um, it will not be decentralized, most likely. So that's one big downside. Um, but it's also costing them a lot of money, as you'd expect. So this quarter, so Q1 2022, Reality Labs, which is what they have rebranded their Oculus division, um, and that's basically their their VR division where they're doing most of their development, they lost $2.9 billion in Q1. And that's despite beating revenue targets. So they actually had more revenue than they had estimated but had a big loss. Um, in fact, it's about $1.1 billion more than the loss they had last year in Q1 2021. Um, and that was about 1.8. So it's trending in the wrong direction, um, but it is still early. Uh, and Mark Zuckerberg acknowledged this. He he understood um, from the beginning it's going to be an expensive endeavor, and he, and he made sure that was clear in his statements regarding this quarter, um, and that this is expected, and it's part of the you know, R&D process. Um, he mentioned that they're really focusing on their research and development for their project Cambria, which as far as I understand is basically how they want to replace your desktop computer slash laptop with VR, um, which could end up being a really cool idea, but depending on whether or not they'd be able to get there um, in a cost efficient way is still up in the air. And I think last year they posted about 10 billion in total losses for this division. So you can imagine right now, um, 3 billion in Q1 is actually trending for even more losses uh, in 2022. Um, and I don't really know exactly what their timeline is on this, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can turn it around and start to see at least the losses um, shrinking. But who knows? So, I mean, what did what, you get out of this article? I thought it was pretty interesting and, and kind of aligns with what I'd expect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we obviously you know facebook changed their name to meta was it two or three months ago now and that was a huge deal and back in february they had the largest crash in their stock market price but what's mm -hmm. crazy is even though they posted this you know almost three billion dollar loss for the reality labs division they still beat earnings by like almost seven percent so the stock is up 20 percent, regardless of how much money they're losing in the reality labs but i mean one of my dad's favorite sayings is you got to spend money to make money and we mm -hmm. should print a shirt for Zuckerberg and send that to him because I mean, <laughs> R and D is not cheap, obviously, no. especially when you're diving into something that hasn't been done before, meaning mm -hmm. that you could think you're doing it right for 80% of the time and then come to like a major roadblock that you can't get past and have to start over from scratch. And all that money is just not lost. You learn what you did wrong, but that's just the process of, you know, coming up with new either applications or metaverses or whatever it may be. But yeah, I mean, 
3 billion is just such a large number that I can't really get past that. But yeah, like you said, I think Meta's, you know, goal is a centralized metaverse. And I think a quote in the article said that, you know, they're trying to become better at monetization than others in the space so that they can make it a profitable endeavor sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like most of the, you know, most of the metaverses out there right now are decentralized. So there's nothing really to base what they're trying to do off of. They're going to be that first kind of builder in the centralized metaverse, at least as far as, you know, monetizing and keeping that all within an actual Web2 company. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, like you said, you know, what happens over the next, you know, definitely the rest of 2022, but, you know, all the way up to I think 2024, 25 is when they were planning on having like, solid release structures out based on i think we were talking about they're planning on putting 10 billion a year that is into their metaverse projects i don't know whether it's the next five years or 10 years but i mean that's a it's a lot of money that hopefully is going to go somewhere to something that you know benefits us um as well as it benefits facebook or meta yeah yeah and to your point it r&d is expensive right It, it takes time to develop these new uh, applications, or in this case, a metaverse, which I imagine requires an extensive amount of R and D, and you know, a lot of a lot of trial and error to figure out what what's going to work and what's not. So I can't get on their case too much right now, um, as as Zuckerberg even acknowledged, this is a process, right? It's going to be expensive, but they see this as the future, um, and so therefore they want to be ahead of the game. And that is something that I will say that Facebook has done a pretty good job of, is making sure that they are constantly um, evolving to make sure that they're still at the top of that social media hierarchy. And and this move to meta, I think is another good move from their perspective, clearly. I mean, they're racking up $3 billion in losses in Q1, and that's good enough for, uh, you know, 14, 10, whatever it was, percent boost in, in after hours. So the investors seem to understand that R&D comes with a cost, and that's all that really matters to meta. Definitely. And I mean, as long as you can offset that in other sectors of your business, there's really no, no, uh, nothing wrong with it. Exactly right. And, and Facebook is profitable, so they can, okay. they can uh, take a little risk here and, and hope that it makes up for it in the, the back end when, when the metaverse becomes more popular to the mainstream, which I, I genuinely believe it will. Um, but with that, I guess let's move on to our next article because it kind of ties in nicely here. So we just talked about the amount of money being poured into Facebook to develop their metaverse. But conversely, uh, our next article is about VCs pouring into crypto companies. So in 2021, it looks like uh, we had, and I don't know the exact numbers, I'm sure you have them, a a large um, amount of VC money come into the crypto market. And so far, based on Q1 of 2022, they think that the 2022 year could actually outpace last year. And that would be something I think all of us as crypto investors would love to see. Yeah, so in 2021, VC capital totaled right around 30 and a half billion. And in Q1 of 2022, we saw just short of 15 billion. So by oh, that wow. metric alone, it's going to at least double based on you know what we're at right now. 
And as we've seen through the last two or three years, as the time, you know, as you go from Q1 to two to three to four, it seems to kind of be on a more linear path than, you know, most would suggest. But yeah, I mean, even with the corrections and the downtrend we've seen to start off 2022 with most cryptocurrency prices in relation to FIAT, the overall industry is growing rapidly as shown by the investments here. I mean, so what's interesting, the first thing that was interesting to me is the NFT sector has been tops basically the last couple of quarters, I think all but one out of the last six. And now the rankings are Web3 is number one, and then DeFi, and then infrastructure, NFT, and CFI is last. Uh, it's interesting to note that CFI is the only sector that has 0% invested out of the top 10 uh, VC firms. So not a lot of interest in the CFI space or expanding, you know, those projects as much as Web3 or infrastructure, the NFTs. Mm -hmm. But um, the most active VC was, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Animoca Brands. Um, they had over 64 deals across all five sectors, but 53 of those 64 went into the NFT and Web3 space. So, you know, it's interesting to see that you're not just throwing one dart at the board. Say you've got, you know, a billion dollars to invest. You're not just throwing a billion dollars to one company. You're throwing 500 mil to 20 or, you know, 50 mil to 20. Um, and when the VCs are investing was another interesting little tidbit. So expansion rounds saw 5.8 billion invested, which was the most, followed by 2.1 billion in pre-seed and seed rounds, and then followed by series A and series B. So while a lot of firms are trying to play it safe and get in on those later rounds of funding when the project kind of shows what they've been working on and come out with, you know, new releases and upgrades, there's also not just as much intrigue, but a growing amount of intrigue over new projects that hopefully will need Series A, B or expansion rounds in the future. Um, yeah. Cam, what did you think about this? Well, uh, again, like... Like I've I've said many times in here, I'm I'm not surprised. Um, I would expect that this year, that we'd have more VC money flowing in. Now, if we enter a full fledged bear market, maybe that that trend starts to to reverse in Q2 and beyond in 2022. But barring any sort of black swan event, I really don't see any way that VCs aren't heating up to the idea of uh, blockchain and, and crypto investing. Um, many of the most profitable VC funds this year were all in the crypto sector. So it's going to be really interesting to see what type of VCs are going to step into the, the realm this year. Cause there's a, there's a few big, um, big players in the VC side for crypto, but not quite like you'd see in, in the traditional markets. So once that money starts to come in, it's gonna, it's gonna accelerate pretty quickly. So from, from that standpoint, I'm not surprised that we're seeing an increase as more, you know, standard VCs or traditional finance VCs are, you know, starting to, to allocate a little bit of their capital to, to the Web3 sector. And then on top of that, um, like you were mentioning, they can make the choice now if they want to go in on these early rounds and take the risk or kind of let it play out and then get on those series, you know, B or C rounds where they have a little better understanding of the product and its its market reach and, and reception by consumers. So they can probably make a much much better um, guess or estimate at whether or not they're going to have a profitable investment. And I think that's all they're looking for is high upside with a lot of downside protection. 
Definitely. And that, I mean, that kind of goes along with, you know, the risk reward ratio for these VC, you know, venture uh, funds. It's also notable that there were 30 mergers and mergers and acquisitions in Q1, which is really like the last interesting point I want to bring up here. But the the capable human capital for these crypto projects, whether it's marketing or sales or business development or coding or what have you, that's getting eaten up very quickly with just how quickly we're expanding in the early stages of the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. So like, while I'm not saying that there aren't capable people out there for the projects, I'm saying that the best of the best are being acquired and either brought into teams or their companies are being bought by bigger companies and they're being brought in that way. So mm -hmm. like kind of along with what I was talking about yesterday with how FTX is setting up Jamaica to be like their headquarters and they're starting these partnerships with colleges and institutions to push kids towards these blockchain degrees or you know, uh, data science or whatever it may be. It's, that's something I'm going to keep a keen eye on moving forward because I mean, basically I know that we've talked about this in our discord before, but you know, some of us like to follow people's investments other than like sentiment or market sentiment or what the crowd is saying. Um, so it's just going to be interesting, like the PayPal mafia and what they did and where they're at now, it's going to be interesting to see in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, what these 25 or 30 year old founders and like luminaries, we're calling them now, what they go on to do and build. That's actually a really, really good point too, because the Web3 space is generally a pretty young crowd. Um, and I don't know if that's a function of the technology being fairly new um, or just, you know, most, I guess, older people are probably more ingrained in their, their lifestyle in terms of their job and, and family. So they're not looking for these more risky opportunities. I'm not really sure what it is, but to your point, it, it is a lot of young talent out here who are who are learning on the go, who maybe never had a true, um, you know, nine to five and worked in like a standard business type atmosphere. And maybe that's not a bad thing, right? They're seeing a whole different way of, of how to do business and create companies. And I think that's good, but it's gonna be interesting to see what they do going forward, right? Like they're gonna learn a lot of things that you don't typically get to learn at this age um, or at their age. And so, yeah, I think there is going to be a lot of different innovations and a lot of really talented people that that come out of this kind of wave that we're seeing here in crypto. And I just thought it was a really good point to, to make because a lot of times these founders are in these tech companies are pretty young. Right. And then they go on to do great things. And I think there's going to be a ton of them coming out of this space. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. But yeah. I mean, I think we pretty much wrapped it up there with uh, with everything we had to talk about. But yeah, again, I'll be paying attention to the next quarter or so, see if that VC flow keeps coming in. Um, if it does, and that's great for the sector. And I think overall for crypto, but if not, you know, it's just a matter of time in my, my eyes. So I'm not going to read too much into it, um, but I will keep an eye on it just to, to make sure I have as many data points as possible. And with that, I think we can probably wrap up the show here today. Uh, thanks Mike again for joining us on Daybreak Crypto and thanks to our listeners for sticking around. Um, we'll be on again tomorrow morning, uh, barring any sort of technical issues. And uh, see you all then. See you. Thanks.